What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, July 20th. We are back on Wednesday nights. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. Uh, after two weeks of not being able to get my crap together, uh, I am your host, DJ. Uh, back this week with my co-hosts from the Rob the Genius podcast. Rob, sir, how are you tonight? All right, good to be back. Yep, yep, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. And as always, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Jason, how's it going, bud? Wonderful. How are we doing, folks? Uh, we are doing pretty well tonight. Uh, the week is off to a roaring start. Uh, first thing I want to do is thank uh, both of my co-hosts, Jason and Rob. Um, we had a bit of a family emergency last week. My daughter got, um, she ended up with pneumonia on the night before we were supposed to record. It was Tuesday. We usually record on Wednesdays. Um, so we were in the ER from like midnight until almost 6 a.m. Um, I came home, I showered, I went straight to work and put in a 10 hour day afterwards. So I messaged the guys about midway through the day. I'm like, look, pals, I, I can we push this off to Thursday night? And just do another night, which is usually okay as long as everybody's schedules coordinate, because uh, we don't get uploaded until Friday morning. So that was going to give me enough time to get a show in, get us uploaded on Friday. So guys, we're cool with that. Okay, we're ready to rock Thursday. Thursday comes, I get off work. I'm, I've got everything set up, man. I've got the camera, I've got the microphone, I've got everything, got the guys on the line ready to go. My daughter comes out and her face is just beet red and one eye is swollen shut and she's covered in hives because she's got having an allergic reaction to one of the antibiotics. And this is literally, we go, we start recording at about 7.30 and I think I messaged you guys at what, 10 after 7? Something like that. And I was like, I, guys, I hate to do this to you, um, but I've, we've got to, I've got to get her over to the ER. And, and it's a good thing we did because it was a pretty serious allergic reaction and, you know, we had to get her treated. And so she's on her last, you know, couple days of steroids getting over that. Um, but I want to thank you guys for putting on an awesome show. It looks like you guys had a good time. Uh, I laughed. I'm going to be honest with you. I know Rob says he was stumbling over the the uh, the intro. <laughs> for all the right reasons, I was laughing because the spontaneity of the whole thing was spot on. Like, it really was. <laughs> like, I was listening to this. I'm like, shit, I'm going to be out of a job next week, man. These guys are just going to run as a tag team instead of a six-man tag. Well, no, you don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, we're we're waiting to hit you with the old chair shot, but we'll we'll give you a few more weeks. I'm going through I'm going through a windshield. I can feel. Or I'm going through a barbershop window. I can feel it. It's coming. Hey, it's and coming. I'm turning into the Genetti of the team here. And depending on how the little one does tonight, you know, maybe maybe you'll have some competition in your own house that will be like, hey, get dad out of here. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we're going to get around to that. I may very well find myself up in podcast catering uh, after tonight. Oh. Uh, so want to get into something here for a few minutes. So last Friday night was uh, SmackDown Live from the Amway Center in Orlando Arena. And in, in a just a happenstance and a, as a uh, late birthday gift to my, my second born, my youngest child, 
my daughter Gianna. It was a birthday gift to her. We were actually at SmackDown Live in, in the Amway Center. And that was interesting for me because for all the years that I've been a WWE fan, I've been to plenty of house shows. I've never been to a live TV taping, never been to a Raw, never been to a SmackDown. Uh, the closest I came was about 20 some odd years ago. Me and a group of friends went to a Superstars taping. So that was the closest I went to any TV taping, but live, never been to one. And uh, I've got my daughter here with me tonight. Uh, her name's Gianna. Gianna, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about, you know, our experience a little bit. And I wanted to bring her in, being, you know, that she's a kid. I think sometimes wrestling fans forget that this show really is about kids. Um, it's, you know, largely for kids, whether we want to admit or accept that or not. And like our friend Jay always says, Rob, there's only two types of people that understand this wrestling thing, and they are kids and nanas. Kids and nanas. <laughs> so, gee, what you? Let's just start here. What did you think of the show? I mean, just the, the overall experience of the MS. See, for it being my very first live, like being able to go there, like live, it was we. It was a little weird. I mean, I was like still shocked even throughout the whole time I was there that I'm actually at a live wrestling match. And just being there, it was awesome. Like, I got to see a lot of really good wrestlers. And some that I haven't known because I haven't been watching it in a while, but I'm still a huge fan of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole experience was awesome. All right. For me, I, and I talked to Greg DeMarco a little bit. Uh, we were talking about that I was going to be at SmackDown. And <clears throat> he's like, he, he said he went to a SmackDown show and he hated it simply because the TV taping atmosphere is much different than a house show atmosphere. The house show atmosphere, it's literally match to match to match to match. And the one part that was a little awkward with TV taping is during the commercial breaks. And this was something that Gianna noticed during the, uh, the Liv Morgan Natalia match was, you know, Liv came out and they went to commercial. So the whole kind of place went dark, right? Yeah. And then Liv was just kind of standing outside the ring. And yeah. she asked me, she's like, why is she just standing there? Because, <laughs> like, you're a commercial break. There's nothing to do. And Yeah. And I don't know. It was confusing because, like, she was just standing there doing nothing. I'm like, is there, are they going to wrestle or what? <laughs> Uh, de definitely a different vibe with a house show than the uh, than the TV taping. But me, my the part of me that likes to know how things work was really really interested because there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. Because they had two um, opening matches at like they started around 7:40 before they went live. They had a couple dark matches. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of them was um, Raquel Gonzalez and. Yes. Um, what was the other oh one? God! It just fell right out of my head. Um, Sonya Deville. It was Sonya Deville and Raquel Gonzalez yep. in the first opening match, and you know what? They had a really nice little four-minute, you know, little four-minute get it in and out of there. And Sonya Deville does not get talked about enough. She, she was excellent. Like for what she went out there to do, she, you know, Raquel won. Yeah. Raquel won. Looked really good doing it, and you know, she can thank Sonya Deville for some of that. And then the next dark match was, um, <clears throat> and I forget their names right off the top of my head. It's uh, Garza and Los Lotharios. Los Lotharios, Los yes. Lotharios versus Ricochet and Drew Gulak. We had a Drew Gulak. <laughs> 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 and I know Drew Gulak takes a lot of heat on this show. It's all of, 
it's all meant in good fun and games, but there was a Drew Gulak signing. I was an interesting and I, I guess a bit, I, I'm guessing they just had him out there to pop the crowd because it was definitely the ricochet show. He went out there and he did all his moves, got all his stuff in. Yeah. Gulak ate the pin. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Gulak, I don't know if we're, if we're counting, he's like, what, oh, and I don't know, 153 at this point. Honestly, the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that we had a representative and a junior representative of the Mindless Wrestling podcast and Drew Gulak actually had a match. Right. <laughs> that's just, that's just fake, man. <laughs> yes. Because if you're a longtime listener of this show, Drew Gulak is kind of our barometer for some things, on, and some are less than flattering than others, but we still love the guy. as We all three of us love the guy, so... Yeah, that's awesome that you got to see him live. Yeah. Yeah, he, he does, you know, unfortunately get to be the butt of the jokes a few times, you know, on this show. Like I said, it's all in good fun. We do like Drew Gulak, but I just, I remember, I think I texted you guys in the Discord chat. I said, we've got a Drew Gulak sighting. <laughs> so Drew, Drew ended up eating the pin. Uh, so it was a loss for Ricochet and the, the, the team of Ricochet and Drew Gulak. I don't know if this was their first outing. Um, I don't know if they, you know, tagged before this or whether this like I said I think this was just a because it was literally like seven minutes before go time so it was like you know let's you know let's pump the crowd up get them amped up and then they let off the show with Michael Cole and then from there you guys probably saw what you saw live on TV um have you gone back and watched the live show did you go back and watch I have not but I will do it tonight okay so the reason I want to do that I just want to see myself on TV. It's not, <laughs> it never happened, but. <laughs> so was there a match that night that stood out to you more than anything else? Was there anything that happened that you thought was more entertaining than something else or something you had fun with? I had fun with like the, um, were we, I don't remember if it was the commercial where it's like people just started dancing. Oh uh, yeah, they had during yeah. the commercial breaks. They had the uh, the DX break it down cam. Yep. And you got out there's a bunch. Of, she says I was on the camera doing the DX crotch chop. <laughs> <job. laughs> Somewhere, if there's ever a DX video package, I'm hoping that I'm I'm there in a because uh, I'm wearing a Triple H shirt. He had a um, <laughs> Triple H King, like- King of Kings shirt, and I and I'm sitting there just. You know, doing, doing the thing. And you're on camera. I'm like, they better put that in the video package. I've got the Tommaso Stampa beard going on. I've got the Triple H shirt going on. It's that's like custom the perfect, for the perfect, yeah. for the DX video package, yep. pal. Oh, that's man. awesome. Yes. Another thing she really, she really laughed at was, and I thought this was great. I don't know how it translated on TV. Was when the New Day came out dressed as the Viking Raiders. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. And, and live, it took me a minute because the Viking Raiders, their music hit, and I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, we got the Viking Raiders, and the crowd went mild <laughs> at first, and, and then and then Kofi, and at first, and again, it took me a minute. I'm looking, I'm like, what the? Oh my God, these knuckleheads <laughs> in full Viking cosplay, and at that point, the crowd popped once they realized what's going on. And then you, you had the uh, the Shanky and Jinder Mahal <laughs> come out in the whole thing. It, it to me it translated well live. I don't know how it looked on TV. That but was I watched it so fun. I was, gonna, I was gonna say DJ. The crowd did seem really really good, um, and they were popping for all the right stuff. I, I it, I'm glad that it, that wasn't just artificial. It sounds like the crowd did have a good time. 
No, the crowd was hot. Orlando's always a good crowd, man. We went to a house show uh, the back Summer in... Summer Slam. The, it was Summer Slam Heat Wave. It actually was right about this time of year. It would have been three years ago, right before the pandemic, um, is when Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch were feuding, and uh, the, the, the main event, main event, was Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins. And like I said, for a house show, I've told you guys this before, people will talk about you know the, uh, the attendance at some of these shows, the Amway Center seats about 20,000 people, and it was at least half full for our show. So, you know, Orlando shows up for its wrestling, and then Friday night was no different. They were popping in all the right spots. Uh, one thing that I really enjoyed seeing was that they didn't try to control the show. They didn't try to put themselves over or anything like that. They just had fun, like, which is what you're supposed to do at a wrestling show. Yeah. So, gee, I got a question for you. What was the most surprising thing of, so you've never been to a live show before. You've watched it on TV. For me, like, just to give you an example, the two most surprising things was, holy crap, these guys are way bigger than they look on TV. And then how loud the pyro was. Because I, I still was not prepared. So what was, anything like that for you? Um, see, when I was there live, like, some of the uh, the women's the, who was the small one I forgot her name. Uh, Aaliyah. Well, there was Aaliyah was supposed to wrestle Lacey yeah. Evans. That didn't end up happening because Lacey left the ring. Yeah. That was the little one, and then there was Liv Morgan and yeah. Natalia. Well, see, one of the like, I mean, being like we were like close to the ring, but we weren't, you know. We weren't ringside. Yeah. Sure. But like, they still look really short. I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> like even for me, just like being like so like you know being close enough but not too close, you would expect them to be like taller and bigger, but they look so short. In her <laughs> defense, she's probably Rhea Ripley height. My oh, daughter okay. is. She's rather okay. tall. You're what five eight? Five nine. Five nine. She's like five nine, so she's close in height to Rhea Ripley. So a lot of <laughs> girls look short to her. And, and gee, you're not done cooking yet, so yeah, dang. Oh. Now she's got it. She she's slowed down. She hasn't grown much over the last what oh. year, year and a half. I have maybe slightly, maybe slightly. But yeah, she did mention um, when Drew McIntyre came out, and it kind of caught me off guard because I wasn't thinking about the pyro. Because again, I'm, I've been used to watching it on TV for years. Yeah. Um, the last the last show I was at that had pyro was a Nitro like twenty some odd years ago. So I had forgotten how hot and how loud that pyro can be. At a wrestling show, yeah. so it kind of Drew McIntyre caught us both off guard because I yeah. think he was the first big pyro of the he night. He was, yeah. And oh, then man. Viking Raiders had, yeah, <laughs> had some type of explosion thing. Looks like we may have lost Jason. Oh, <clears throat> no, no, there he is. Okay, because um, a few years ago, I mean, I, I mean, my son went to Extreme Rules, and I had what I thought were really good seats, but they were by like. The entrance, you know, where they came, where the wrestlers come in, where the Titantron is, and we were right next to the pyro. Ooh. And man, and you know what? And then I wasn't, you know, I totally forgotten about it. And then when that first one went off, it was just like, what in the hell? <laughs> like, what in the hell? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> then, Cause, yeah, because I because I had been to that arena a bunch of times for like house shows and whatnot, right? But I'd never been there for, but I hadn't been there for pay per view in a while, and and I never sat that close to where like the pyro stuff goes off. 
so when it went off, it, I mean, it was just like, oh man, that was a, just shocker. <laughs> See, when um when they came out, I I half jumped out of my seat. That's how startled it like. I actually jumped out of my seat and I saw my dad looking at me. Yeah, it did startled her. <laughs> um, the couple couple of really notable things for me again. And we don't have to get too deep into the woods on the on the Austin Theory stuff. I know the internet feels the way they feel about Austin Theory. I can tell you that Orlando reacted every way that WWE wants them to react for Austin Theory. About half that crew there hated him, and about half that crew there loved him. I think we yeah. were. I think that we were in the theory. There was a let's go theory. It was almost like a. I won't say it was on the level of John Cena. But there was definitely a let's go theory, theory sucks. And that may be because he's kind of gone back and forth on social media with uh, Cena a little bit. But there was definitely half of us were let's go theory and the other half. And we were in that other we half. Were, was Yeah, we were doing theory sucks. Theory sucks. <laughs> <clears throat> so. And the guy behind us, he was like, no, yeah. y'all tripping. Yeah. Let's go theory was sitting behind us. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, all in all, man, it was a, it was a good experience. It was for me watching all the moving parts in the commercial breaks because when they did the um, the dark matches, they had the ring apron was a little different. I don't know whether they were taping it for something special or something, but they had a different ring apron down. Those girls, the the girls got out of the way. The guys came into the tag team match, and there was literally two minutes to spare because they had where we were sitting. And you may, when I post pictures, you may see. Where the hard cam was, there was a clock, and it was in real time. <clears throat> so we were down to like two. It was like seven fifty-eight when the guys got out of the way. They had people rush the ring, wrap up the apron, roll it up, straighten everything out just in time for for Michael Cole's entrance. And then when the Street Profits came out, when they did the the solo cups, they had people come out like clockwork man just to um just to, to come out and clean up that mess. It just, it was for me watching the the flow of everything again, because I'm very curious in nature on how these things work. It was neat watching that. Um, but other than that, it was just fun being at the wrestling show, just being there, being part of the experience, part of the WWE universe. And it's every reason why we go to wrestling shows, man. Yeah, dude, that, that watching that little army of ants like come out and just like, transform the ring in like a minute is yeah. just absolutely insane i remember we went to a raw <clears throat> back when they were doing the cruiserweights so you know they would they would oh yeah the apron they would change the ropes they would change the pillars it's all that purple 205 live stuff and man watching that happen was so cool because they go to commercial and then just this army would come out and just attack the ring and all of a sudden they'd leave and it was purple yeah, it's much different from back in the day when those NWA shows where the guys would take like 20 minutes to put the cage together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember those days. My God. So, gee, was there anything that you would have done differently as far as the show goes or anything you didn't care for? See, what I didn't really care for was that there was like just so much like people were like talking and there, there was like more talking then there was wrestling to me. I mean, like, just get to wrestling. 
Like we're here to watch wrestling, not y'all. Like <laughs> I'm, ra- I'm raising one of those pieces. Uh oh. She needs her own. She needs to start her own podcast, so she can start breathing heavy every week. <laughs> <laughs> she's one of I was those. Say. But see, that is the difference between the TV tapings and the uh, the house shows. I can tell. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's my my only real complaint was, and this had nothing to do really with WWE because we didn't find this out until we were in line, was the merch table. That's um, awesome. <clears throat> the merch table was a mess. They had like five people and there was like no lines. It was just like a crowd and you kind of had to muscle your way in. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's just, like, I've not been to a to a, uh, a live event ever in the last house show we went to. I don't think we had that much trouble. We didn't. There was like a lot more stuff too. That was what I was going to say next. They only had, they had like, like maybe a, if we were lucky, a dozen t-shirts. They had, she got a bloodline hat. That says um, not the hat, but. Oh, that's not the hat. No, not the hat. Oh, I thought it was a bloodline hat. I should have wore it. They had some keychains. They had the foam fingers. They had, they were selling the money in the bank briefcases like they were going out of style. I mean, yeah. there were probably six or eight people in front of us, and they were a hundred bucks a pop, and they were just swiping those things right off the shelf. They had some of the like the actual replica belts, the four hundred dollar ones, but the t-shirts. They really didn't have a whole lot of t-shirts. I wanted an RK Bro t-shirt. I saw some kid walking by with one that looked really cool. I'm guessing he got it at another show, but there were. I went up there. They had a couple of Bloodline t-shirts. They had, I believe, uh, one Roman Reigns T-shirt. They <clears throat> didn't have a Liv's shirt at all. Um, they had a Ronda Rousey. There was no, your, your SmackDown Women's Champion that I could tell had no merchandise there whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any New Day, which, oddly enough, the New Day were there. The Viking Raiders were there. They had none of that. There, I believe there was a Street Profits shirt. There was. Um and then just like miscellaneous little things. And the merch table was not very big. It was not very well organized. Yeah. So for me, that was the most disappointing part of it. Hmm. Well, I mean, the shows I've gone to, especially the live ones, like the Raws, the SmackDowns, et cetera, usually there's like one, maybe two like main merch tables. Yeah. And there's just little satellites throughout the, throughout the rest of the arena. I wonder if you stumbled upon one of the satellites and not one of the main ones. We might we did. have. We did. I don't know how other arenas are set up, but the Amway, you go in and it literally, it's like a whole circle. And then you go down into the Amway, it's like a bowl. And yeah. where, where the merch table was right across from our entryway to go down to our seats. Yeah. So we just stopped it. We didn't circle the whole thing. We just kind of, we saw oh. the first day we went to it. We did ask somebody if there was another merch table and they said they didn't think there was. Mm. So, Mm. I mean, we got, I I ended up with the, they they got me on the, on the Cody Rose uh, American nightmare shirt. Um, Are you seeing this from? And then they got her on the, on the, the bloodline hat because she really didn't see any t-shirts she wanted. Yeah. Like, see, I wanted, I, I didn't really remember which one was like, which like, Groups are in the SmackDown, and once ones are like NXT. So I just, if it was an NXT, I mean, I'm grateful that we went to a SmackDown. But if it was like an NXT, there probably would have been a lot more stuff that I like liked. Possibly, possibly, and then the yeah, you know, the NXT shows that come around here, their their merch tables are usually pretty stacked. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anything else, or are you good? I mean, if you guys have any other questions, you can ask now and answer. How lame is your dad? 
<laughs> well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Oh my goodness, who who's your who's your favorite WWE wrestler right now, Doji? Oh no, okay, I have to pick now. Yeah, yeah, you have to pick. That's how it works, kid. <sighs> okay, for the ones that I know right now, my favorite women's wrestler is either Becky Lynch. Or Bailey. Okay. Or what was uh, Ember Moon? Like one of those. We'll have to have a talk about that sometime, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? No, you, no, you, no, 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 no. Ember Moon has not been with the company for about six months now. You're kidding me. No, no. Em- Ember Moon. Uh, Ember Moon's been gone for a few months now. No. Yeah. Okay, then Naomi. Naomi. Kid, we're gonna have That's, to. Have a talk one are day. you kidding me? <laughs> That's right, kids. The Mindless Wrestling Podcast, breaking children's hearts one day at a time. <laughs> yeah. I, although it is not confirmed right now, Naomi has not been on TV for a couple of months. What yeah. is so, going on? So, oh, my goodness. Try again. <laughs> okay, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Oh, I know she's go. staying. I know she's staying. Okay. Okay. And for the uh, guys wrestling... Undertaker mm-hmm. or uh, Seth Rollins? Okay, we're going to have to have a real talk about The Undertaker. Are you kidding me? He's retired. He retired officially this year. Oh, my God. TJ, <laughs> it's time to let her use the live still, network. Okay, that's true. You're still so, old. Just, just but you're, Seth you're Rollins. Still. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. I'm just going to say this, WWE, you're breaking my heart right now. Bring them back, please. Yeah. You heard you well, heard it here on yeah. the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> my 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 youngest, my second born, has begged you guys to bring back the people that you've released or that you're currently in negotiations with. <clears throat> and, and also one Jerry. Yeah, All right, you guys take over for just a sec. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was. See, kids and nanas. Kids Pretty much. and you know, that's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, definitely. Because I haven't been because I went to well, I went to well, duh, we went to SmackDown MSG last fall. <laughs> I was waiting, I was waiting, I was like, oh, I haven't been to a show since I was like, Yeah, Rob, I know I know the last time you've been to a show, buddy. <laughs> yeah, back to a television show. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm, last time I went to Raw was um, a few years ago. Oh, yeah. That was pre-pandemic for me, too. Yeah, actually, I, I went to one of the last ones before everything shut down. It was like... That's right. So, I think it, I, it was the one I went to. Then it was... They had, like, one more. And then that, then everything shut down after that. And, of course, right. you know, uh, I'm sitting here thinking, like, damn, I was just in a building with, like, 20,000 people. And... Huh. And now, and two weeks later, there's a pandemic. Like, what's going on? You're like, oh no, we're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that. Those two weeks were a little touch and go. I mean, that first month was a little, little wild, but yeah, here we are. Thank goodness. Seriously. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, so, <clears throat> in in wrapping up that part of the show, yeah, man, it's absolute blast. Um, and like I said, the, the little things that I could pick apart are very little. Um, I know we wanted to talk briefly, and we're not going to go too deep in the woods here. Um, there, there was an incident. I don't even know if I want to get into the Natalia thing. 
Um, I, I don't no, really at this care. point. It's no, it's it's two weeks old. I'm not even going to talk about it. I, yeah. I am curious as to how Liv and Natalia looked on TV because it wasn't. I, I don't know whether it's the chemistry between the two of them or what's going on, but they th- their match Friday night did not did not come across well at all. I mean, there was a couple of okay spots, but it, it just was odd. And unfortunately, Orlando was letting them know about it. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, it did come across on TV. Um, But to be fair, I think I think you nailed it, DJ. It feels like, again, 10,000 from 10,000 feet, never wrestled a day in my life. It just seemed like a chemistry thing. They weren't quite clicking. Maybe give them a few more weeks and it'll work. Maybe, you know, break them up. Who knows? Um, But yeah, it just seemed like Liv was plotting and um, Natalia was pushing her through, like guiding her through everything, which was downright shocking because we haven't seen that. I haven't seen that from Liv in like a year and a half. She's been cruising. So I'm I'm going to chalk it up to chemistry and one off, and let's let both those chicks keep cruising. Maybe some of it was also the fact that they opened up the night. Uh, maybe there was some nerves with Liv. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a that's an interesting spot to be in is to 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 open the show. You know, it's, back when I was in the business, they used to joke backstage and say, "Ah, oh, you're jerking the curtain tonight," which right. was not a compliment. Um, but nowadays they send out their, uh, their hot upcomers or the good match. Like I said, with Ricochet earlier on, they sent out Ricochet to get that crowd fired up, but now you're live and you send in and right now live is hot. You know, I read somewhere, you know, earlier, uh, like last, last week or earlier this week that her merchandise is selling pretty well on the shop. So, you know, obviously whatever they're doing with her is working from a, from a marketing and a financial standpoint. So obviously you're going to send out your, your hot champion and but it just so maybe there was nerves you know maybe she was a little bit nervous maybe this was just a a odd spot for her to be in but it just that was the one match that that they that the crowd i won't say they shit on because they didn't because when when live won they popped and there were a couple cool spots in there where you know the crowd was like okay we're gonna breathe we're just gonna go with this and we're gonna have fun because that's what we're here for but there were definitely some spots where you could just kind of you were like god i'd like you don't you don't want to you don't want to sit there and raise your hand and go I'm a Liv Morgan fan or even for that matter a Natalia fan because quite frankly neither one of them looked great. Honestly, chalk it up to an off night and keep on going. It was an off night at the office and move on, and that's 100% at the end of the day. I think that's what I I said to myself on the way home when I was kind of mentally processing the whole night. I was like, you yeah. know what? It was a bad day at the office. We all have one. We'll get them next time, kid. Exactly. Uh, um, well, because. This is one of the uh, rare times where Mr. Uh, James E. Cornett was not what you would expect him to be talking about one of these things. <laughs> um, cool, because what he did, um, well, because as we know, he has uh, some very controversial takes about women's wrestling. Um, or controversial is an understatement. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But um, he actually, like, he went through this, like, you know, kind of like spot for spot. And he was basically saying that, okay, um, you know, she's moving too fast here. And on this one, she's doing a drop kick and it doesn't look like Natty's ready for it. And um, his take was that basically she needs to slow down generally. And it, she just like, she knows how to do moves, but 
kind of like putting doing them in a way that you know makes sense and also again slowing down and you know um is an issue from where he was sitting yeah, um sure. i'm i'm not qualified to look i you know the only stuff i'm qualified to judge is those those aew botch you know videos where the guys are diving and nobody's catching them <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know that's the only thing um but i'll just say that um well she's she's swimming in a different pool now and yeah so there is a higher level of scrutiny there is a higher level of expectation um stuff i mean she's not She's not just playing with the big girls. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. She is the big girl right now. <laughs> so like she's swimming like she's swimming in a different pool now. And so things that nobody cared about, you know, when you're working a middle of the show match on Raw. Now, you know, the people who do pay attention to things and who are not like invested in you people who are just watching neutrally or whatever you know there are things that, that don't that people you know people don't mind again if you're in the second hour of monday night raw that people are going to pay more attention to now um and some of it's fair some of it's not fair um right um but it comes with the territory now yeah um and that's just kind of is what it is yeah, that's that's one area where I'll say that Cornette. Like I said people will. It, it, and Cornette can be problematic at times, and, and particularly when it comes to women's wrestling. Let's be fair here. But his take on Liv is spot on, and and you could apply that not only to Liv but to a lot of wrestlers currently in the industry. A lot of these people just don't one. They don't let moves breathe, and two, they don't. Again, like you said, slow down. Let the audience see it. And that's something like if you're and not just going for like a drop kick or Hurricane Rana or, or something like that, or some kind of top rope dive or whatever, just your rest holds. Reach in there, slow it down, cinch it in, let the audience see what you're doing. Make it look like you're trying to tear this person's arm off. Like if you ever want, this is one of the things about Butch, formerly known as Pete Dunn, that I love. When he goes in there to work on a joint, he gets in there and he cranks and he just doesn't get in there and whip and grab and go. It's he gets in there and he slows it down and he shows you the torque on the joint. And it just to me, those are the little things that I think not only live, but other people in the business need to put together to really tighten up their game. It's yeah, the Pete Dunn thing talking about is the old the old Hogan adage. Pete Dunn will crank on your shoulder and drive his elbow into your shoulder blade or whatever in such a way that me in section 400, row 85, can see exactly what he's doing. Yeah, because no, I think the the one that always stuck out to me was like Ole Anderson. Um, this is going way back, but like he would just do a simple a simple arm bar, you know, and, and you know not not the Ronda Rousey type of arm bar, but the kind where you're where you're sitting behind the person and you got their arm and, you know, tucked under yours. And, you know, he would just, he would yank on it and, you know, he would make, you know, facial expressions like he was trying to rip your arm off. And that was like his finisher. And, and it looked like it hurt, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, 
and again, I know um, it sounds like we're crapping on her. I know. Um, and, you know, right now she's kind of in that space where, you know, a lot of people don't take too kindly to people criticizing anything about her. Um, yeah, but caveat there. If at all you think that we are crapping on Liv Morgan and we don't like Liv Morgan or whatever, please go back and listen to our Money in the Bank recap pro, uh, show uh, because this show stands by Liv Morgan. We just want her to get the most out of this championship run that she possibly can so that there are a couple more championship runs in the future for that girl because we like yeah, her. I do too. I don't want this to be a one-and-done thing for her. I want to be able to, at the end of her career – when she does her Hall of Fame speech, I want them to announce multi-time, either Raw or SmackDown or combination of the two, women's champion Liv Morgan. You know, but I, but there, and it's hard to argue that there aren't things that she needs to work on if she's going to get a second crack at this, whenever the day comes that she drops that title, you know? Yeah, because for, yeah. I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, she's, she's auditioning for title reign number two here. Pretty uh, much. Pretty much, and to be, and and you know what? If the merchandise is selling, if her segments are drawing, she'll get another one. And and I fully believe she'll put all this stuff together. It just, it, it seems like it's one of those things that we're going to talk about this uh, about a couple other women's wrestlers in a, in a few minutes. Sometimes, and I don't want to say too much too soon because Liv's been there for what six, eight years with WWE now. Um. Five years on the main roster. Yeah, yeah, five years on the main roster, and then at least two years in NXT. Um, but she was literally she was part of the Riot Squad for a couple of years, and she was the third girl on the Riot Squad because it was obvious at the time Ruby Riot was doing the bulk of the the heavy lifting, yeah. and then you know Sarah Logan was the muscle of the team, and Liv was still developing. You know, she was still cooking. And then the, suddenly the Riot Squad was no longer together. Ruby's gone. Sarah, you know, went off to be a mom and Liv was just kind of there. And then she went into witness protection for a while. So, you know, she's still developed. I think the character she has developed, like the character of Liv Morgan, I'm, I'm, I'm sold on. You know, I'm here for that underdog, that girl who keeps punching upwards. Um, I'm here for that. But there are just little things work-wise that I think she needs to – to uh to, to hammer out i think it's so funny her nickname that michael called the miracle kid it's both so condescending but it also kind of works it works like I, i'm buying into the miracle kid 100 buying into the miracle kid and I you know, she holds this title for two months or six months or whatever i'm here for it um i just like i said friday night was at times hard to watch but again, we'll chalk it up to a bad night at the office because she came off of an awesome, absolutely awesome Money in the Bank performance. Hall of Fame finish to that to that thing, and that one hundred percent, man. Between that, uh, like I said, that sunset flip that she did off the ladder into the power so bomb, that was so uh, good, so good, man. So, so yeah. she's definitely a, please. If you think we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater with old Liv Morgan, please get a grip, go outside, touch some grass. If you are wanting to throw the the baby out with the bathwater with Liv after that Friday, please go outside, touch some grass. That girl's doing just fine. Off night. We'll get him next time, kid, like DJ said. Yep. 
So before we get into uh, something else I wanted to talk about, which was the the Cora Jade heel turn, I want to talk about, because I didn't get to talk about this with you guys, the um, announcement, at least supposedly, that WWE was going to be shifting uh, Raw from TVPG to TV14, implying that they were going to go with a more mature type of show uh, moving forward. There were, and I like I said, I wasn't part of last week's show. You guys said your piece on it. You guys made a lot of good points. And and the one thing that I wanted to touch on that, that Rob and, and Jason were talking about was that everybody's popping forward. Everybody's got this fantasy, you know, circle jerk that we're going to go back to the attitude era. My God, I hope not. But mm-hmm. the thing you guys are all missing out on, and you guys both said this, they're basically labeling what WWE has been doing all along. They have been slow, and I think I said this in the Discord chat maybe a week or so ago. Once in a while, WWE reminds us, hey, yeah, we know the adults watch too. And I said at the beginning of the show when I was to have my kid on here that this wrestling stuff is a kid's show. Okay, it is for the kids. It is very and, – and there were a ton of kids there in Orlando Friday night, pal. There was family night at the Amway Center, um, which was awesome. It was awesome to see. But every now and then, WWE says, you know what? We know the grownups are here. They've been doing it all along. And if you're sitting here shaking your head, going, no, they're all PG. They're all PG. Let's rewind about 10 years ago to, and I'm going back 10 years, at the zenith, the height of the PG era with John Cena and The Rock. And they spent months talking about John Cena's mangina, questioning John Cena's sexuality, Questioning John Cena's gender. Now, take today's culture and bring those forward. Okay? That, that's not happening without a whole hell of a lot of criticism in 2022. And they were doing that back in 2012 when supposedly WWE was this watered-down, you know, PG nonsense mess that everybody was complaining about. They've been doing it all along. I don't expect much to change if they go full-blown TV 14. Um, And I certainly, as sure as hell, hope that they don't change anything with the women. I do not want to go back to bra and panty matches. I don't want to go back to lingerie matches or pillow fights. I want women's wrestling. Now, if the women want to go out there and look sexy, dress sexy, you know, wear something that's somewhat appealing, more power to them. You know, And and on that side of things, You've got the maximum male models that are very much se- filled with sexual innuendo. I mean, what, what's the tagline for those guys? Well, they titillate the juices of your guilty pleasures. Absolutely. So they're, they're already going there with the guys. It, this has been going on all along, guys. Maybe there's going to be, and I'm okay with this, if they amp the violence up a little bit. Um, the, the one thing that I hope they do, And this is one area of criticism with WWE that I have been understanding of is that sometimes I don't feel like they give the talent enough creative freedom. Now, that being said, there's definitely some people back there that need help. There are people that need ideas given to them. And then some of them are really good at taking those ideas and turning them into gold. But there are some people out there that just have crap ideas or who just are not idea people. Like uh, Ruby Riot said one time, she's like, I just came to work and did what they told me. You know, when you think back to the Attitude Era and some of the promos they did, some of the creative stuff that they did, it felt more like the talent was in control of that than it does sometimes in current WWE. 
Now there are, you know, obviously, obviously, um, exceptions to that. You know, a Seth Rollins, a Becky Lynch. Uh, at this point, I think they they trust. Excuse me, um, Bianca Belair with her creative process. Yeah, obviously Roman Reigns is calling his own shots at this point. Yeah. Um, but I think if they can allow the talent to maybe open themselves up a little more creatively, which has been the critique of a lot of people who have left that company. Like a lot of people who leave there just feel like, you know, we hear, we often hear the uh, the bullshit, oh, the, the handcuffs are off, the chains are off. And, and that's really, I think, what they're alluding to is that they felt creatively stifled. I think if the, the flow to a TV 14 product allows the wrestlers to have more input than they have in the past in some of their creative things, um, I, I think that might be a good thing. I remember watching the big show on the Broken Skull Sessions, and one of the arguments that he had was, you know, I'm standing there getting direction on what I'm supposed to do in the ring from a writer who's never stepped foot in a wrestling ring. And, and that's a fair critique. You know, that's a fair criticism of creative, and that's not a knock on creative, but it's very difficult to tell somebody whose job is to go out there in front of this crowd and feed off that crowd and, and kind of cater what you're doing to what they're feeling in the moment. And, like, I'm trying to think of something creatively, like the, um, the Vikings thing with the New Day from Friday night. It worked well in Orlando. They very well could go into a different crowd on a different night, try to do that exact same shtick, and the crowd will shit all over it. And at that point, creatively, the talent needs to be able to feel the crowd out. It's like, okay, they're not buying this. What can we do different? And then, you know, if it completely falls apart, then you go back to the back and you take your lumps. But if they can give the, the talent that much creative freedom to go out there and think on the fly if they need to, as long as it's somebody who can think on the fly, I, it could be interesting. It could be interesting to see where they go, you know, with a TV 14 product moving forward. Well, now it's, it's looking like that may not even be a thing now um, because, um, well, because some people pointed out that on the uh, Peacock thing that earlier today they had SummerSlam listed as TV 14, but now later on it was back to being TV PG. And also, um, this is something I heard on the different podcast um that i check out sometimes called the big gold belt podcast our buddy uh will mahoney he and a couple other guys have this uh that's the thing they do and they had a discussion about the whole tv 14 thing and that you can't you, like you don't just go in there one day and slap a tv 14 label on it there's a whole process you have to do when going to the fcc and through the network and dealing with sponsors and all of that and that the basically the idea that it was going to happen the month like a few days after that report came out was just kind of ridiculous because there's just there's too much of a process you have to go through with, with the government to get to change the designation and all of that. Um, so I mean that that leads me to believe that you know I think you know the, the old wrestling news you know is, is at it again. Um, you got to remember the number one rule of wrestling journalism, Rob. You don't have to be right. You just got to be first. Yep. Yeah. And um, so it sounds more like this is something that maybe was because, you know, the same guy, Andrew Zarian, that reported it but first. He came back later and walked it back a bit and then back and then it turned into, well, it's being talked about 
or it may happen at a later date. Um, Plans change, pal. So I'm guessing maybe, again, like we always say, stuff gets talked about in the hallway. Stuff gets brought up in a meeting and maybe gets immediately shot down or people maybe listen and then it doesn't go anywhere. Um, Shit, even on this podcast, you know how many times we'd be like, hey, do you want to talk about this? Hey, what do you want to do with this activity? Hey, you want to do this? And then the other two will look at the third guy and say, that's the dumbest thing ever. And the third guy will go, yeah, you're right. And we move on. Wait a minute. What you're saying is, is that we, we tear up the script right before we go live and we don't even do half the stuff that we were going to do. Is that, are you telling me that's a thing? I know for a fact we've done that at least twice. <laughs> at least yeah. twice. Full-blown yeah. full blown the whole show sheet just yeah. right now. We're not doing that shit tonight, pal. That doesn't yeah. work for me, brother. Right. We're doing live. Something newsworthy happened. It's like, well, we can't really talk about this when, you know, Roman Reigns just announced he has leukemia or whatever. Obviously, we weren't together for that. But, you know, yeah, yeah, you can't. (sighs) But, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this is and look, maybe maybe it will happen. But this is sounding more and more like a wrestling news with a Z kind of thing than something that's actually going to happen. And. Because again, I, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that you get there's a whole process to get a show rated, and it's not just simply oh we're going to be TV fourteen now. Um, and again, because because they're on you know they're on cable they're on, now. Cable isn't the same as broadcast, you know, like Fox or whatever. But still, there's a process. Um, there's a process. As I understand it, the ratings are all self-assigned, and it's not like movies where they go to the what's the the rating. The movie rating guideline people. Oh, the yeah, the, the MPAA. MPAA. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the MPA Motion Picture Association of America. Um, so the the TV ratings are just assigned. They, I mean, excuse me, self-assigned. Like, okay, I for instance, us, we would probably be PG uh, TV fourteen because we, you know, we square a little bit. I would assign us TV fourteen. But the problem is, you can't just go out and do that. You can't just say, oh, this week we're TV fourteen. Because along the way, when you made this TV show, you brought in sponsors, you brought in the network, you brought in any other responsibility that the network has, you brought in advertisers, and all of these people signed on to your show saying, yeah, you're going to be TV PG with a little edginess or whatever, like WWE. Um, And you can't suddenly turn on a dime because that's not what they paid you for. Well, and the other thing that you have to take into consideration is that once WWE became a publicly traded company, they became the slave to a great many masters. So even though Vince McMahon may have the controlling share, and at least right now, Stephanie's in control of the company, she just can't walk in and say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. There has to be a board, a board vote as far as I'm, I know, and investors, you know, a, 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 what do you call it, a majority shareholders vote. And if, if they get, if they vote that down, it's not going to happen, and it's a risk. When you think about back in the Attitude Era before WWE became a publicly traded company, it was like the Wild West. They could get away with things, but what they started to notice was towards the turn is that they were losing sponsors. You know, and this was before they even went live. You know, I think it was uh, at one point Pepsi Cola was a big sponsor of theirs, and something happened on the show, something controversial. It may have been the um, the Mark Henry simulated blowjob thing with May uh, with May Young or whatever the case was, but it they, they were they were losing sponsors and like big paying sponsors. Now it wasn't as big of a problem at the time 
because for every one they would lose, one would jump right in their spot. But you're still losing sponsors, and that looks bad. And then when they become public, publicly traded company, the whole game changed. So anybody who thinks that even if they went TV 14 tomorrow, like even if they just put everything out there and said, this is what we're doing, it's not going to be a resurgence of the attitude era, not to that level, not to the, for those of you that lived through it, you know, Rob and I, Jason, to a slightly lesser degree, you know that a lot of the stuff that they were doing back then absolutely would not fly today, wouldn't get past the board of directors, let alone the censors. Yeah. And that's not even figuring in the FCC. Right. Triple H had sex with a corpse. Like, come on. <laughs> Triple H married a drugged and drunk passed out Stephanie yeah. on live TV. Right. And so that's not going to happen. And quite frankly, and like you said, it's just, there's, you can't just say we're TV 14 now. There is a process. Again, like y'all say, with the networks, with the sponsors, with the government. And so it's just not, it's not that simple. And I imagine if they have had meetings about this, they would probably, my guess is they would come to the conclusion that it is not worth it. Um, and it just isn't. And Well, why fix what ain't broke? You're making money. You're moving forward. Why? Some people will argue that it's to kind of um, smokescreen what's going on with Vince. I don't think that's it at all. I mean, no. and, and we're going on the assumption that these that there are serious discussions about this happening. Like I said, right now it's news with a Z. But let's let's put on our, our our pretend hats and say that it is happening. I don't believe for a minute that it's a smokescreen for the Vince stuff. No. Yeah, it's as I said on the show last week. It's it's I if anything, it's just giving them a little more runway to go a little crazy once in a while. And look, I'm a, you know, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to plant my flag here and say that it, it's not going to be a thing. And if I'm wrong, you know, I'll, look, I'm willing to admit being wrong. Um, if it, if I end up being wrong. But to to be clear, you think the end by the end of this year, December, when we when the last raw of the year starts, there's going to be TVPG in the corner. Well, all right. Look, if if it doesn't happen by whenever whatever episode they call the season premiere, well, that's in September or whenever. Yeah. If it doesn't happen by then, it's not happening. That's true. That's probably because, fair. Um, that's um, because. <clears throat> Well, and that's the other thing. Like, like it's July. Like, right. you wouldn't do, you wouldn't change the rating in the, you know, at this late in the television, TV season, anyway. But yeah. So if so suddenly the set is, you know, they're teasing a new set, they're teasing this, they're teasing that. Well, no, so you're not. You, rolls around. No, you maybe, don't. but I doubt it. No, right. So if it does, whatever episode they call the season premiere, if it doesn't happen, then. Then no, it is not happening. I, I will, yeah. I will, I will plant my flag there. And if I am wrong, then I will come on this show and say that I am wrong. Okay, you know, I'm fair enough. Go. We'll remember the date, July, July twentieth, twenty twenty-two. Rob planted the flag in the ground, said it ain't happening. Season premiere is going to be TG, TVPG. And if, okay. if, if it is, if if the TV, if the season premiere is TVPG, then that's what it's going to be, because um, they won't change it after that. That's for sure. <clears throat> nah, and. And quite honestly, like I said, they don't need to. 
I mean, I, do, do I think, am I curious as a curious person to see what they would do? Yes. Have I said on this show, I think if um, TV 14 may means that maybe once in a while people can bleed when it makes sense, not like the, you know, the AEW blood fest every other week, but you know, if it like what happened with Roman and Brock at Madison square garden before WrestleMania, you know, if you want to have three or four or five of those a year, awesome. You know, and if that's what TV 14 means, I'm all here for it. I have no, I have less than zero desire to go back to the attitude era. And yes, I lived through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's about where I landed. If we, if we get a little more violent once in a while. All right, cool. A little more violent, a little more blood, a little more creative freedom for the workers. Sign me up, man. Let's, let's, let's do it. No, but I got a couple of funny tweets here about uh, the, uh, the root beer show here. Oh boy! Uh-huh. All right, let's 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 have let's have a root beer segment. All right, um, here's one. All right, you know, you know Tony D'Angelo's board that got released. Uh, two dimes. Uh, yeah. All right, so yeah. Here's, here's one tweet. Okay, uh, two dimes is here. AEW's wellness policy in action. <laughs> oh jeez, I, me- I missed him. Did, did he actually show up? Uh, I guess so. Um, this is from yeah, and then here's another one. I can see why HBK and them didn't give two dimes the mic. Ooh. Oh, it's that good, huh? <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. Okay. I want to know what the hell they're going to do with Parker Boudreaux. Uh, because, um, like you said, we can talk about this now. Yeah. Um, the guy, I still follow him on Twitter because I, I feel like maybe if he gets out and gets some seasoning, maybe they'll bring him back at some point. I know he came in with quite a bit of fanfare given his background. A lot of people went on this. He's the next Brock Lesnar thing. And I, to be honest with you, I watched NXT. I watched him on NXT Level Up. I just didn't. The, the guy, he looks like a big, imposing dude. How a guy that big and that imposing and that legit looking can have zero TV presence is a mystery to me. And I, I looked at him on TV and I was like, I ain't feeling it. And I ain't seeing it. And it wasn't even his ring work. It was just... Maybe it was the gimmick. Maybe somebody just read the room wrong with him. Or maybe he just wasn't getting what they were feeding him. I wasn't feeling it with uh, Harlan at the time, but Parker Boudreaux. Yeah. I I feel like Parker will just be another guy in MMA shorts lost on dark. Um, Or... I don't know. I mean, I hope for the best for the kid because, I mean, yeah. Y- yeah, he's got a look. There's no denying that. And, yeah, um, unfortunately for him, when you see those first few production photos or whatever, the, the his audition photos or whatever you want to call them, his first professional WWE photos. Right. The dude looks like – if you told me he was Brock's cousin's son, I'd be like, yeah, probably. Okay. You All know, right. so I get the – I don't – I didn't look at the guy and say Brock Jr. But when people said, hey, he sort of kind of reminds me of Brock, I go, all right, yeah, I see it. And that's what I worry because that's what the IWC basically started with the guy. It's what they do. They do it it with all of them. They do it with, you know, uh, yeah, we'll go down that road in a little bit. But uh, uh, I wish for the best for him, but I just worry they're going to turn him into, like, the – the Gilberg of Brock Lesnar or a cheap Brock Lesnar knockoff. And I can't decide which is worse. Yeah. My concern is going to be, I don't know how, because 
I only saw him wrestle a few times. He didn't work that many matches in NXT on TV. So my concern is safety. You know, how competent is this kid in the ring? Now, he did some training over at uh, Pro Wrestling 2.0, which is Alex the Pug Porto's school over in Orlando. Uh, he posted some video doing some training in there, and he looked fairly decent with what, you know, the spots he was working. But I don't know how deep into the training he got. And, you know, we've talked about this on this show before. If you're not picking it up within about six months or if you don't have something they can use, they're going to show you the door. Now, all of a sudden, AEW's got him, and AEW has no developmental. I mean, supposedly there's the nightmare factory, but I don't know that they've churned out anybody other than Hook. And I don't even know if they churned him out. Um, that's that's really amounted to much. And that, at least in the early goings with a lot of these green kids, that was a problem. So if you're bringing this guy on simply because he looks like he looks and he's an ex-NXT guy and you want to get him on TV, I'd be... I'd be seriously concerned with the safety aspect of that, of that kid being in the ring under the AEW banner, given how that place runs sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, kind of, we're, we're about to segue into the NXT thing here, but, uh, and this is part of that, that, um, so he came in with a lot of hype and in, in hindsight, don't know why (laughs) why was there any hype um other than he you know resembles brock lesnar that i mean you know um and then he so he got there and like you said he you know he was on tv a little bit and so okay and when he got released i mean i was a little i guess i was surprised because there was so much fanfare to him coming in but then at the same time, if, if you go back and look at it, the fanfare did not come from the WWE. It was him <laughs> gassing himself up on social media. Yeah, well, um, which he does very well. That dude, Yeah, you ask um, him, he's a, he's a bona fide celebrity. Yeah. And so when you look back at that and you see that, okay, well, you know, because with a lot of these college kids they're signing and all that you know they they talk them up you know they've been talking up you know gable stevenson right forever right um right now his brother is the worker i haven't yeah. seen anything oh. gable but his brother in diamond yeah. mine is a oh, freaking yeah. worker oh yeah yeah that, that guy's good um and uh but um so none of the real hype behind parker Boudreaux was coming from the wwe like, I mean, you know, he was in just the picture. Hey, these are the people we signed, you know. But um, they weren't making a big deal out of him like that. Um, so if they're not doing it, you know, if he's a guy that we signed who's in the latest PC class, if that's all they're really saying about him and the other hype was just him, which, hey, good for you. You know how to hype yourself up. You know how to get yourself buzzed. Okay, great. Um, but they're... Just it wasn't coming from them. It was yeah. coming from him. Mm-hmm. So in with that in mind, no, it should it should not have been a big shock when he got released. It's all I mean, it's always a bit a little bit of a surprise when you hear that so and so got released, right? But um it, it should not it should not have been that big of a shock. We shouldn't have been shocked, uh, really. Um yeah. and look, you know, all the all the best to him and we'll see what happens here. But you know, um 
like I've been saying in the group chat, you know, my general position on all of these developmental kids is I hedge my bets and I wait and see. Yeah. As Rob always says, just watch the show. So leading into, let's segue into talking about, you know, fan fluffing and fan fickleness. Let's, let's call it Brian. Brian Danielson was right. Fans are fickle. Um, you guys are all out here complaining about the Cora Jade heel turn. You got nobody to blame but yourself. Okay. And we talked about this on this podcast. And I told you, I think my fatherly advice to you was do not take this 21-year-old girl and prop her up to the moon. She is 21 years old. Cora Jade is awesome. Okay. She's fun. She's got a great personality. She's excellent in the ring. She's 21 years old. And people were already like, they were like handing on the internet, they were handing her the NXT Women's Championship. They were handing her the Raw and Women's SmackDown Women's Championship. And I'm looking at them like, what are you doing? I told you, I said, my words were, do not do this thing that you do where you see somebody who's really hot in the moment and you fluff them way up here and then get disappointed when they don't get there. Because we fast forwarded about four months later, WWE signs Roxanne, formerly Roxy, Ring of Honor Women's Champion. And it was it was literally overnight. The internet wrestling community was like, Cora Jade who? Like, w- am I wrong? No, you're, you're absolutely right about that. So if you guys are all, I don't, I don't understand why they turned Cora Jade. I don't understand why she turned heel. You guys are every reason why. Because she was the hot thing. She was the next big thing. You guys fluffed her up. And then the next big thing came along, and it was Cora Jade who? I don't blame her. I would have turned on her ass, too. I would have tagged her so hard with that belt and then broken that damn thing over her head if I was Cora Jade. I, you know what? I'm damn well team Cora Jade. Now I'm all – now I worked myself up into a shoe. <laughs> Somebody take over. Um, yeah, man. I, I don't know who, who we have to blame for this. I don't know. I'm kind of offended, DJ, where you're like, you have this Cora Jade thing. You know, no one to blame but you. Hey, I said Cora Jade's doing just fine. She's doing gangbusters right now. This whole thing with uh, with Roxy is great. Let's just keep this thing running for a little while. There was no need to. It, it was kind of in the air because of the fans being like, hey, you know, dropping, dropping Cora for... Roxy and yeah, it, it was messy, but at the same time, you didn't have to. No one's forcing you to break these girls up. No one's forcing you to turn them heel. I feel like you could have ridden it out a little while longer with both of them, um, and just just see how it goes for a little while longer. They're young, especially Cora. She's twenty one, um, and I think you know she turned heel, and yes. It is NXT. It is developmental. She's probably going to have to learn to work heel eventually at some point. Why not now? No argument to that whatsoever. However, I will just say, at the same token, at the same time, rather, don't fix, don't fix what ain't broke. So, I don't know. Let me pose this question to you guys. And Rob, I'll, I'll start with you, and then we'll, we'll go around the room. Do you get the feeling that maybe they're just about ready to bring Toxic Attraction as a group back up to the main roster? And if they do that, that is going to leave you with a hole 
on the women's side, as far as the heels go, you need you need some fresh heels in there if they bring all three of those girls up to the main roster. Rob, do you think that's possibly what they were thinking here? Um, no. Um, no? I, I hope not because I don't think there are any other girls there right now who can play heel as well as they do. Well, we're only, uh, you know, as, as mean, our friend Maddie would say, we're not even a week into this. Yeah, so I mean, let, but, let's, give okay. her, let's give her some time. But well, well but the thing it. is, okay, if if you move them out and you make someone else the number one heel, then they got to be the number one heel. They got to perform like, you know, like if somebody need if if we're saying give this person three weeks, four weeks, a couple of months to grow into the role, then you can't put them in the role next week. Right. Um, you can't do both. If, if, if they need, if they need time to grow into the role, which is perfectly fine, that's not a bad thing. If they need time to grow into the role, then you should not be moving out the people who are in the role right now. Um, so you, you think you need somebody who's ready to, just shove right in there to take their place. I th- if you're going to move them up, yeah. Okay. Um, because and look and and look, I, I've been critical of Mandy Rose as an in-ring worker. Yes, I have, but she plays a re- she does a very good job at playing heel on NXT television, and they, that group, the three of them, do a very good job at playing heels on NXT television. Um, and I will go ahead and say that. They do not have any other heels who are who are who can do all the aspects of playing a heel, a the main heel wrestler. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think can Court Jade work like a heel in the ring? Probably. You know, um I mean I think you know, Lash Legend can do all the personality stuff of playing a heel, but she's not there with the ring work. Right. Uh, um, so, and then my other thing is, okay, you move them up the main roster, move them up to do what? Yeah, okay. This way. No move, one them up, else, move them up to do what? No one else has the aura that Toxic Attraction has. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's that, so you, guys are, uh, you guys are pretty much in agreement on that. They, yeah. Um, they, and yeah. plenty of those girls can get there. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to happen next week, though, like Rob said. Right. Yeah. Well, let's let's put let's put on our internet wrestling community hats because there's a lot of scuttlebutt that seem to think that this is just WWE's way of completely eliminating all women's tag team championships because this is in the wake of the Sasha Naomi thing and the you know main roster women's championship tag team championships. Originally, there was going to be a tournament, and then that just kind of quietly went away. Now it's pretty much understood that they're probably just going to quietly dissolve those belts now there's the there's the thought that piggybacking on that they're going to do the same thing with the nxt women's tag team championships if they're not this is the biggest head scratcher with me you have these girls win these belts and then a week later core j turns on and like yeah. i said I'm, I'm taking my kayfabe hat off now right. um and, and putting on my my internet wrestling community cap you, you, you split these two up a week after they win when you had and Forgive me because I still think of them by their old names. Um, Casey Cadenzaro and Cadence. Uh, yeah, well, Kate, was, Cadence still going by Caden. Uh, Casey is something else. Katana. Yeah. Katana. Yeah. Cadence and 
and Katana. Katana's her, her name now. You had them, and they're, they've been a ready-made tag team for a year now. They've had vignettes. They've shown them going out to the music festivals, palling around together. They've got gear. They've got the whole deal. So if you were going to have any real longevity, why wouldn't you put the tag team titles on a couple of women that are planning on sticking together? So, yeah, it's a bit of a head-scratcher that they're going to put these two girls together they're going to be this spontaneous tag team. They're going to go out. They're going to beat Toxic Attraction. And then a week later, Corey Jade's going to turn on, you know, Roxanne. Yeah. So um, that, uh, that aspect is confusing as all hell. Yeah. So um, it leads me to wonder exactly why they needed another heel. And that goes back to my original point. Why do we need another heel when you've got Toxic Attraction doing what they're doing? They've got that whole thing locked down and you just had this huge angle with Cora Jade a couple of months ago where she basically hunted down toxic attraction set right. booby traps for all of them and now all of a sudden she's you know the the fourth most important heel in NXT so it's as we always say make it make sense yeah and um so okay I don't like you know I don't need this stuff to be Shakespeare right but I need stuff to make just to make basic sense. Um, and I think I used earlier today, I used the example of the mega powers, right? That was yeah. a storyline that even kids could understand, right? Even though they were, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, Macho Man loved Elizabeth. He thought Hogan was looking at her too much. And he got, you know, antsy because he thought Hogan was looking at his championship too much. And that went on for two years. And eventually he got to the point where he snapped. Okay, very simple, right? And but when it when the turn happened, we all understood why. And you, yes. you and you you didn't have to be forty years old, you know, reading, having read, you know, a bunch of different things of pieces of literature to understand how it worked, right? You know, twelve, thirteen, how old was I? Fourteen, well, however old I was at the time, it was it was very easy to get. Okay. Yeah. Um. And with this, like you said, they, they won the belts and then there were no seeds. There were no there was no hints of anything. A week later, the turn happens. And again, look, I when people turn again, you, you don't you don't have to spell everything out in, you know, excruciating detail. But you at least need to plant some seeds. Yeah. And they didn't. And now and then now with the tag team belts thing, so now it looks because in the battle royal yesterday, um, they had like kind of a bonding moment between Ivy Nile and was it Tatum Paxley? I think yeah. so. They look like they're coming together as a team, and then you know, and then Caden and Katana are still together. Mm-hmm. So I, I would take that as they're not going to get rid of the NXT women's tag team titles. Um, but doing this turn a week after they win the belts yeah to me and then after, and again there were no seeds or anything planted of you know jealousy or anything they just did this thing right here um it makes no sense to me and it was way too rushed you could to me you either have them you know they can win the belts they can keep them for a while and then and then you know do the turn or they could not win the belts and then you know they chase for a little while and then while they're chasing them 
you know, Cora notices that Roxanne is looking a little more concerned with being the singles champion than the tag than winning the tag team belts, and then she can get mad, right? Um, but they did this way too fast, and I think they are potentially doing Cora Jade a disservice. Um, because okay, if Toxic Attraction sticks around, then she's gonna pale in comparison as a heel next to them. Okay. And, and that was my point. I was like, if she's going to be healing, they're staying in NXT. She's now the fourth most important heel in the women's division. And I, yeah, I get it because she is 21. But if that's the case, she's just going to end up looking like the bratty kid. Now. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and and that's, uh, that's not a wrestling heel. Yeah. And. Because again, like you need to plant some seeds. Um, because now she's gonna she's gonna start fighting dirty now. Okay, um, why? <laughs> I mean, because she's mad at her friend. I mean, okay, or she's you know. Um, and again, this is not a knock on her. This is a knock on the booking. Okay, so you know, so yeah, we're 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 doing the bad booking thing here. Um, we're also detective Cora Jade because we up to this point we'd be like this girl's playing kicking ass. Right, and and but I think they're putting her in a bad spot here because either look, you know, either she she's just going to look less than next to those girls in Toxic Attraction as a heel. Um, she just is because they're they're doing so good at it. Um, I, I will say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of interject there for just a minute, Rob. I do apologize. I one of the things I look for in wrestlers, workers, character work, in ring presence is body language. I didn't hear her promo last night. I haven't watched NXT from last night, but her body language during the heel turn was real good. Like just her whole posture changed, her face changed. I, like I said, I haven't heard her cut a promo yet, so I, I can't speak on that. And I think that'll tell the tale. I liked the, what I saw from the, just the body language and the look, it looks like she's got a purpose I'm interested to see where they go with it. And we could be surprised because if you'd asked me five years ago what I thought of Bailey going heel, I would have told you you were out of your effing mind. So, and again, it's developmental. Developmental is one of those places where you can throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And if it doesn't stick, if she's awful at it, if she's not comfortable with it, six months down the road, you kiss and make up. It happens on rest. This is a wrestling show. Yeah, people, right. people kiss and make up all the time. So, like you said, it, it, you're you're absolutely right. You know, when you think of all the great heel turns in history, this doesn't even rank. Like I even take the Rockers. For as shocking as the Rockers were, if you go back to the months preceding Marty Jannetty going through the window, <sighs> there were seeds. You know, there was a match where, and I forget who they were wrestling because the biggest thing that I remember about the match was at the beginning of the match, Shawn Michaels had a knee injury, and Marty Jannetty ended up wrestling the whole thing. And that was really where it started to crumble for the Rockers. And then they had a few mishaps here and there, a couple of missteps. They lost some matches. So there really was those, those, those seeds, as you said, whereas with these two, it was just like, hey, we're best buds. Ah, I hate you. You know, for, for no reason. Yeah, and that's the thing. because um, And then, like, there were miscues during some of their matches in the months leading up to it. Um, and so th- they planted no seeds here. Um, it was, it felt like to me, like they were just reading wrestling Twitter and 
people were saying that, oh, well, one's going to turn on each other, you know, because people were saying that on Twitter, right? Um, so it felt to me like they like they've re- been reading wrestling Twitter and decided, okay, we need to go ahead and do this. And again, you're 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 potentially setting her up um, because. And yeah, look, I, and I know, look, I, I, I am very, again, I talk about hedging bets and all of that stuff. Um, I, you know, and I always sign off. I always sound very skeptical of people who are new or newish or up and coming and all of that. And I am because, especially in looking in on the IWC, people again, they put the cart before the horse they see a few good things from somebody and then they're immediately crowning them top guy, top girl, you know, put the belt on them right now, blah, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, they, they have the cart rolling down the road and the horses aren't, haven't even got out of the stable yet. Yeah. And I'm, and that's why I'm always like, look, y'all got to stop doing that. And, yeah. and it, look, I know it, it, it sounds like I'm crapping on people all the time <laughs> or a lot because I'm always saying, well, not quite or not yet or, you know, and, and I look, I've been doing that with Liv Morgan saying not quite, not yet. Hold up. Um, and I just, I say those things because way too many of y'all or way too many of you people, <laughs> you know, y'all have written the whole story to its conclusion before it's even started going good. <laughs> And then if the story don't go the way you have it all mapped out, you're going to be real mad on the internet. And and I'm in, you know, that's why I say just watch the show because you don't know what they have planned. You don't know what they see from these folks backstage, what, you know, what they think about this person and that person. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know how this thing is going to twist and turn. You have no idea. And if you wed yourself too much to a specific outcome for this person or that one, and if it doesn't happen, then you're going to be mad on the internet. <laughs> and and then you and then you irritate people like me when you do that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just, you know what? Now, and with this thing with Cora, look, okay. Um all these kids, they are kids in NXT. These people, these these really are kids. Yeah. See now, you know they're not signing thirty-five year old indie wrestlers anymore. These folks, they're kids. These Most, are people that they want to invest the next decade or two into. Yes, and so we're looking at people who could potentially be there for twenty years. The the few that you know, some will. And you know, and I've said this in the group chat. I'll say it here. This is developmental. People are going to wash out at all different stages, and you don't know which ones are. Okay. You don't know the person today who looks like they will be a main eventer in two years. They, you know what? They may not make it there and you don't know. And there's somebody right now who looks like hot garbage who may get there. Okay. Um, because look, just last year, I think me and a lot of other people we were very high on Bronson Reed. Okay. And now I, Bronson, Bronson, he wasn't 20 years old. But he did it. He did everything you could possibly do in NXT to look like he was going to be a, a, a good prospect for the main roster. And he got right to the point of doing tryouts and dark matches, and then they released him. Okay. Yeah. Um. 
So you don't know until it happens. You don't know. Yeah, you, okay. you truly don't know, guys, because I, I would have bet any amount of money that Bronson Reed, at the bare minimum, would have one match on the main roster. Oh, I thought he was going to be a TV regular. I thought Vince McMahon was going to take one look at this kid. Oh, yes. Yeah. And be like, yeah, pal, that pal right there. But I'm saying just the fact that he didn't get one TV, he didn't make nope. it there. Yeah. Well, he had one dark match on like... SmackDown, I think. I think he, worked, he, he did main event one time. Okay. okay. That's different. But and still, it, okay. But, but, it, but he got that far, and then he got released. But And we all thought he was at least going to be a regular on the main roster. I absolutely. It wasn't like, hey, I don't know about this guy. Maybe they're giving him a tryout. Maybe this is sink or swim time or anything like that. That was not the dialogue about Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed was just like, if not, it's not if, it's when. Jason's exact words were, he's done cooking. Yep. Those were your exact words that night. In my opinion, he was. For all intents and purposes, absolutely. And with what he's done as, you know, Jonah and Impact and whatnot, the guy's just kept on going and he's been great i still kind of wonder why they got rid of him yeah yeah just like i said they were just they viewed him through a different set of optics than we did and so you don't know um you know tegan knox last year got called up was there a few months and then they just said you know what no (laughs) um and uh, i mean a lot of people we know are really high on tegan knox and so you don't know um just enjoy watching these people do stuff in nxt if they make it to the main roster then enjoy them there but do not wed yourself to any particular outcome with any of these folks particularly the people in nxt i mean i'd even say go go as far as to say that on the main roster even just watch watch and enjoy and, and see what happens but particularly these people in developmental, um, just because you don't know. I mean, um, oh, uh, you know, the girl uh, that was teaming with India, Persia, right? We thought she was promising. What happened? She's another one I'm surprised they let go. I, I'm still, I see her and I'm like, how? Like, um, what was wrong there? I, I, it's a head scratcher to me, Persia Parada was. Yeah, and then, but she's gone. Yeah. And, um, you know, so. And she but, was gone on the tail. Well, we can say the same thing about Dexter Loomis. Yep. You know, I mean, we can sit here. We could spend another hour going down the list of people who we thought were going to be big things at some point who are gone. Um, I don't want to go down that road right, right. now. We can get we um, a whole lot. But yeah. But we, um, go ahead, Rob. Oh, but yeah, just yeah, just don't don't uh, until you see something happen. Don't 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 project. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Right. So but we do reserve the right to call out NXT when, you know, they do like do something to somebody who's cruising like Cora Jade. It's like now this is how you put her in a position where she's on a list somewhere, guys. Yeah, that's not hey, kind of. We, we try to. Yes, we are e drones. Okay, we are certified, signed, sealed, delivered e drones. But sometimes when we feel like they got it wrong, we're going to come out here and we're going to talk about it and and collectively. Internet wrestling community hats on. We feel like this may have been the wrong move for her. Getting into the last of, uh, bit of the show here. We started off the show talking about WWE live events. We're going to end the show talking about WWE live events because this Friday in Massachusetts, 
Uh, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, and his wife are going to be at SmackDown Live. Jason, what are your yes, thoughts, man? The, T the, the TD Bank Garden, home of the Eastern Conference champion, Boston Celtics, and also the Boston Bruins. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go see SmackDown. I'm really excited. Our seats are dead on. We're in the loge, so in the lower bowl, dead on with the entrance ramp. So if you walk down the entrance ramp and walk through the ring and keep going, you literally end up in my my section. Oh, nice. We were kind of at the corner. We were on the, the corner turnbuckle um, from the – because, like, we could see the end. They came down, and we were, like, on the same – I'll show you. I'll throw a picture up. You'll see where we were sitting. We were, like – Parallel with the with the announce table, we had great seats. Awesome. That was that was the one demand because we Emily and I usually <laughs> we end up grabbing the seats that are like ninety degrees perpendicular to the to the stage so we can. So for example, we saw Champa coming out to beat the bag out of uh, Gargano. Yeah. Whatever. You know, we saw him come through the curtain before TV and anyone else in the arena even knew he was there. But because of that. You don't see crap on the Titantron, ah. um, which sucks. So this time I was like, I want a little bit better view of the Titantron. And so she's like, all right, cool. And then she texts me later. She's like, how's this? And it's literally dead on. I'm like, that works. Yeah, we weren't dead on. We were kind of off to the side a little bit. We saw a great shot of everything. Um, I, all in all, I felt like my SmackDown experience was good. I'm a little jealous of you guys, though. You guys are definitely getting Brock Lesnar. You're definitely getting Ronda Rousey. Both were advertised at our show last Friday. And if you've got Brock Lesnar, that can only mean since we're two I, weeks away from since we're a week away from the go home show on your show Friday night, do we get the tribal chief? I don't think so. And I'm really I don't think so, huh? Because they've specific this week, they've specifically advertised Brock will be there Friday, Roman will be there Monday. Okay. So you don't think we're gonna so, get a surprise Roman Reigns on uh, Friday night? I hope so. I certainly, I am praying to all the gods that exist. And, you know. If you do, I'm going to be pissed no. because I'm in Florida. The dude lives in Pensacola. He <laughs> made a six-hour trip down to Orlando. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I get, it's whatever. I had a great time at the show. But seriously, dude, you live in Pensacola. We were in Orlando. You could have made a little road trip down there with the Usos. Like, coming for I a night. I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'll be a jerk. I'm your biggest fan, man. You gotta come see me. <laughs> come on, man. I just want to sit there, put my wand in the sky, and bask in the glory of my tribal chief and the bloodline. Hey, we we got a hell of a match with you know I think it was uh, was it Jimmy Uso and uh, Dawkins. Dawkins, yeah, yeah, you yeah did. Dawkins. They, they, that, and that match was a hell of a good time. It's aside from um and and. Believe it or not, um, Theory and Madcap Moss. Madcap Moss is turning into – we're going to have to have a discussion about that kid one day. He's turning into a hell of a good professional wrestler. Him and Theory had a really good match Friday night. Um, and then we had Dawkins and Uso, which was really good. But, yeah, man, you guys are getting Brock. You guys are getting Ronda. It's going to – I'm excited for you guys to go on Friday night. Oh, well, how, how did how, how did Jeff, how do you feel about the, the whole Jeff Jarrett thing there? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the ultimate bag grabber? Yes. Dude. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett never yeah. met a dollar he didn't like. No, no, no. no, Jeff Jarrett being announced as both Ric Flair's final opponent at Ric Flair's that last match in that tag match and 
being the special guest referee for the Usos versus the Street Profits. That man <laughs> is a bag getter like no one else, man. Yes. Yeah. And he is the inspiration for my 2022 motto. On my uh, on my Twitter page, the mindless at the mindless pod, my motto for the year for 2022 was collect the check. And that is inspired by double J Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I mean, oh my god. When 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 I heard when Adam Pierce said that, I just bust out laughing. I was like, oh my god, he's done it again. He, <laughs> like, he, he, he has done it again. Um because bless, bless that man. How many this, times has he tricked Vin, just Vince McMahon alone? Never mind every other promoter in the country, yeah. or the world, I should say. Now, how many times has he tricked Vince into giving him a check? And um, because earlier this year he he did a thing for GCW, mm-hmm. and he he beat Effie, and then he skipped town before he returned to favor. That's <laughs> 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 uh, awesome. awesome. Um, now he's technically he's technically a WWE employee now, right? Didn't they? Yeah, isn't he yeah. like part of uh, like head of creative or talent relations or something? Uh, some of the live events or something. And yeah, okay, yes, he's like a backstage agent, head of agent. Yeah, and so he'll he'll but he's gonna he'll be within a year or two. I think he's gonna, he's going to be in a big bigger role there. I think. Um, and honestly, look, I mean, he he is somebody good to have in the room. I mean, he. Um, because when we were saying this a few weeks ago, you, you need some people who have some connection to the old school way of working and old school way of creative and all of that. And he's one of those people. Jeff Jarrett's a great tree to learn under. Yeah. And so he really is. I mean, you, you need somebody, you need people like him around. Um, yeah. And, you know, if, if, if Cornette wasn't such, you know, if he couldn't stop running his mouth, he would have a job somewhere doing the same type of thing. Yep. Um, but you you need people like them around who know who, again, have some connection to the old school way of working and doing creative, because that stuff still works. Yeah, it um, does. It, it, um, but you need people like that around, and so I think within a year or two, I think he'll be in a bigger role there. Um, but again, oh yes, I mean, congratulations, Jeff. You, you always find a way <laughs> to get another check. And that's awesome. So, yeah, Jason, you guys enjoy SmackDown on Friday night. I will be at an NXT house show, and I'm really excited about that because we haven't been since this. They haven't they they shut down the uh, the NXT road loop uh, here in Florida right at the start of the pandemic. And the last NXT house show I went to, I believe Rhea Ripley was NXT Women's Champion. Uh, she wrestled Chelsea Green. In the main event, uh, we had Cameron Grimes there that night. We had, uh, I think Fabian Eichner was there that night. It had a whole lot of developmental talent I've never heard of before. Uh, Commander Aziz, formerly known as Dabakato, was there. And actually, at the time, I think he was going by like Babatunde or something like that. Like he had some yeah. weird name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was but the NXT shows, man, are it's a lot of fun because it's almost like being at a well-produced indie show. And the little place with the uh, Melbourne Auditorium, you'll probably get 200 people in there. Real intimate crowd. We've got ringside seats, which I'm excited for. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. That's what I'll be doing Friday night while while Jason's over and uh, watching the SmackDowns. 
Excellent. That's going to be a ton of fun, too. So you get some pictures of that. I'll get some pictures of SmackDown, and we will have boots on the ground reporting from uh, for next week. Yep, next week we'll have uh, reviews of both shows. And uh, anything else, uh, you know, wrestling, the world of professional wrestling never sleeps. I'm sure in the next seven days somebody will do something dumb, say something dumb, or something something major will happen. And when it does, we'll be here to talk about it. I know yeah. what it is. I bet, you know what would be really dumb if, if Two Dimes got a, an FTW title shot on his first match on AEW. That would be really dumb. Is that title still a thing? I yeah, don't watch them. I that, that, match is, it. that match is happening right now. No, it's happening right now. Oh, oh, okay, wow, I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry you're subjected to that, sir. Yeah, so look, thank my mom's... Thank you, and thank you to, you know, I don't know, TK's cocaine habit for bringing us this one. <laughs> Cause uh well cause look I um some of my streak of watching AEW Dynamite comes to an end this week uh <laughs> cause you know two weeks ago I watched the whole show last week I watched the end but I looked at the lineup for this week and I was like okay not really uh, they kept Rob for two full weeks man <laughs> what a shame they had him for two weeks and lost him it's Aaron. casual fans don't exist pal. <laughs> Anyway, I think we're going to call the go-home spot right there. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, part proudly part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on ChairShot.com. Go give us a listen there. If you like the podcast, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe, whatever it takes. Pass word of mouth. Send us around. Tell people about us. I'm DJ. I'm your host. I'm going to go around the room here. Jason, Bucky's tag team partner, sir. Thank you again, and thank you for holding it down last week. Hey, we tried, man. And hey, I want to throw a special uh, shout out to little G, Gianna. She did awesome. And pretty soon, we're not going to have a need for DJ anymore. And she can just slide right in. And you know what? I'll take the break. I'll take, you know what? I'll hang it up and she can take the reins. And that actually might be more fun than what I'm doing. <laughs> He'll take, take the pin on that one, probably. <laughs> I probably, I'll eat the pin there, probably. So I'm, hey, I'm the aging veteran. She's the up and coming kid. I got to go out on my shield. You always go out looking at the lights, my friend. You got to go. put over the young kids. <laughs> <laughs> and from the Rob, the genius podcast, the minister of truth, Mr. Rob, thank you, sir. Hey, well, thank you for coming back and thank you for, for doing the intro properly. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rob, but you were so self-aware of it. And that's what was, that's what made it fun was you were just so self-aware of the whole thing. I was listening to the whole thing and I'm like, Oh, Rob, it's, it was it was fun. It was really good. The spontaneity of it was good. And I, I genuinely, I wasn't laughing at you guys. Honest to God, I wasn't. I was laughing with the show because it was, you guys just, it was very, very well, very well done last week. Hey, do I get a little credit for nailing the sign off right before we started topping Top Gun? Yes, you did. You, you did. did. And that's, that's, I, 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 I can't say enough about you guys. That was awesome. And I, I do, and I appreciate you guys. Keeping the show going and, and working with me the last two weeks. It's been a rough, it's been a rough ride. <laughs> yeah, we're here for you, man. We're here for you, man. You know that. All right. And on that note, remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>